Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Bruce Fenton's a, a really great free state project early mover who ran has, for a Senate, I believe, this he last did. year. He did. Should have uh, just ran for a state rep. He should have. But you know what? He wanted to jump in the deep end of the pool and, and really. You know, I think the same thing about Lily Tang Williams. She could have been a, a state rep for like three years in a row or something. Or yeah, four. she's taking another crack at it, apparently. She's going for the U.S. rep seat yep. once again. Well, I, I guess that's good, but I mean, she she's getting pretty conservative with many of her positions. Is she? I mean, especially in regard to trans she's oh, she no. she tells the same narrative that all of these people do. Like, we got to protect the kids from the gender transitions, from from no. the having their genitals mutilated. And I don't know if she said that exact line, mm. but she has echoed exactly the same sentiments and stuff online. Yeah, it's disappointing. <sighs> but I mean, this is. How does she treat you in, in real life? Have you, have you ever met her? We've interacted a whole lot in real life, but she's mm-hmm. always been kind to me. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. People don't are different it. online. Yeah, I, I I don't understand why. I mean, I guess it's the nature of the political animal, right? Like maybe, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to go out on a limb for somebody that's saying those things. I like her personally. But then again, most politicians, a lot of them, are personally very likable. I mean, they they're good at ingratiating themselves with people they want you to like them they're scum of the earth most of them but they want you to like them now the the libertarians here the voluntarists i don't typically consider them to be scum of the earth because we actually know them or we can get close to them and we can talk to them we can actually sit down and have a real conversation with them they're accessible Ton of them were at pork fest right and and that's a difference between your typical politician and a lot of the people that we know but to see them you know going away from the liberty message or the message of of individualism and individual liberty and respecting other people's right to live their life how they want is a very disturbing thing to to see now i haven't seen the post personally but i mean i'm i'm gonna take your word for it obviously to her credit i don't think she's gone quite that far so i mean i I think she she's still a good libertarian okay and you know she's worth supporting for her runs Mm -hmm. but it concerns me when i see people begin down this path toward conservatism yeah i don't like to see people pandering and i feel like that may be what's going on um Without, again, having the exact uh, exact posts in front of me. And we've certainly seen the libertarians who've been elected here in New Hampshire as state uh, representatives, for instance, not exactly being the most principled on all of the issues all of the time. How about Jason Sorens, I think? Jason Osborne. Uh, Osborne, yes. Uh, who recently, he's the House Majority Leader, right? The Free State or House he Majority right Leader. right now, yeah, he is. And, you know, recently, I think it was in the NBC documentary... He that you can find at NBC10.com. Just look up Free State documentary. Uh, NBC Boston. NBC Boston slash Free State. Yep. And he said something to the effect of, "I'm no longer an individual. I'm just a vessel <laughs> through which the people of New Hampshire express their will." Or, I rolled my eyes yeah, so or, hard at that one. Or he's, it's he's, not even a possible thing. There's no, no, no. such thing as being able to represent three thousand people. And you would think an, a state rep would know that, right? I mean, you would think a libertarian state rep would know that, but right? He's, it but makes he's me wonder. The press, man. I, I don't know, and it makes me wonder if he is just trolling with a comment like that. Like how how anyone That's in true. His- if I position. said that, it would be obviously trolling, right? <laughs> so, I mean, how, I how anyone could take that seriously coming from somebody who used to describe himself as an anarchist. Now, supposedly, the story behind Jason Osborne, who for many years was a angel sponsor here on Free Talk Live. Like, he, for the early years, the pre-Bitcoin 
Com years, Jason kept us on the air. The Sickle I mean, CAA line, toll-free number. Sickle CAA, yeah, that was his uh, collections business. Or Sickle CIA. <laughs> well, anyway, he was really, really a principled guy. He used to be on our uh, Free Talk Live BBS back when we had our forum that was very popular. In fact, he got in trouble with the Democrats in New Hampshire for some of his old Free Talk Live forum posts. Oh, that's right, he did. I forgot, ago. yeah. Yeah, so he used to be a very, very principled uh, Liberty guy. He even ran Porkfest. Uh, a couple of years. Oh. And now, the poor guy. I'm just now finding out about, like, this year, that subject has come up so many times. There's, like, so many people that have run Pork Fest that mm-hmm. I never knew until this year. I mean, I it's been a 20-year-long event. Him. It's been a lot of people that have come through and, and, and stopped. From what I've seen, a person tends to run it for one year, maybe two or th- to three years. Three years seems to be about the average from what I've seen. Yeah. Oh, really? It Some seems people to be come about in the average. And they, you know, once, twice, and they're okay. done. What is your name? Uh, Stefan. Stefan, welcome. You're on the air. Yes. Um, I don't have too much to add on the current topic because I don't really consider myself much of a libertarian anymore, but I do understand that this is uh, already a show. Last what are show you, a, a post-libertarian? I mean, what kind of, uh, where, have, where have you gone since being a libertarian? Uh, considerably to the left. I'm not necessarily left libertarian. I consider myself more of a civil libertarian, honestly. What does that as mean? As far as like civil rights. Basically, when it comes to things like drugs, guns, abortions, things like that, I definitely oppose state intervention. But for economic okay. affairs, uh, I definitely do favor some state intervention. Economic Fine. affairs, you said? Mm-hmm. Like what? Like mixed market. I prefer a mixed market economy. Mixed market meaning that the, the state gets to redistribute people's wealth? Yes. Okay. Why? In some fashion. But... What I had actually called about was more so to... Yeah, but uh, I'm more interested in wish. that. I mean, uh, if you want to wish Arya good luck, that's fine, but I want to come back to it, so go ahead. Oh, uh, basically, good luck. Sorry they're sticking you in the in the cage for 18 months. That's a real pain. But uh, what more specifically were you interested in speaking about, Ian? Well, I'm curious. You You used to be a libertarian, you said, and now you've gone to the left. You think that the state should be used to redistribute people's wealth in certain ways and i just want to sounds hear... like i mean a mixed market would mean some things are regulated right would do you think that it's just fine for the government to regulate the things that are putting aria in jail you're a little confusing like doesn't seem like you're very um you know i don't think consistent. aria hurt anybody with uh, her crime specifically or what they considered her crime she's just selling a cryptocurrency she's a small individual she doesn't really have a lot of power in the economy at that point but somebody okay. could, somebody could sell cryptocurrency and hurt somebody with it. So it should be regulated, right? Mixed market economy. Well, to a degree, of course. Then why are you I sorry the area is going to prison? For the purpose. So is it, hold on, is it all about the amount of crypto that somebody sells to you? To a degree. I think more so it has to do with the fact that uh, cracking down on cryptocurrency being used for illicit purposes. I'm not necessarily opposed to that. And I think the... Well, that's not really happening Illicit, like drugs? You just said that you don't agree in the war on drugs. (laughs) Drugs are illicit purposes. Well, and the FBI and just about every governmental agency, except except for the office of the president, that, you know, part of their job is to spread propaganda. Every government agency that investigates this sort of thing has concluded the same thing, which is that the... The overwhelming majority of cryptocurrency transactions are totally above the board, totally legitimate sales, and that it's a small minority that are illicit. Well, of course. And I'm not saying go after all cryptocurrency transactions, but ones that are used for scams, for example, I'm very much in favor of the government cracking down on. 
although it's very ambiguous, very hard to crack down on given the decentralized nature of cryptocurrencies to begin with. But you know that those people aren't going to go after really hard to find fish. I mean, they said that in Ian's trial that they never have caught an actual scammer because, well, they're just really hard to find. But they will go after people like Arya and Ian so that way they can silence their uh, political dissenters. So why would you want a group of people to have... Uh, you know, total power of who they get to throw in jail based on something that could happen. Well, we could have people selling cryptocurrency and scamming people with it. So let's give these psychopaths the power to throw anyone in jail that they want. Because that's how it happens in the real world. There's not, not some kind of utopia where people, everyone in the government's a good person and they only uh, work really hard to find scammers. Yeah, so, I mean, do you think, Stefan, that you, if people like you who have whatever viewpoint you have about this mixed economy regulating crypto in the way you think it should be regulated, do you think you would be able to make the FBI do the things you want them to do? Well, of course not. <laughs> well, why do you not. think that they would ever do those things then? Well, it's a top-down issue, or sorry, rather a bottom-up issue. This is something that would require vast systemic change. I mean, the corruption in the FBI and whatnot. You think you could just well form documented. a new bureaucracy and that would solve the problem? Um, Potentially. I wouldn't mind a soft reset of, or rather a hard reset of the federal law enforcement agency. We have Jeff calling us from Wilmington. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, I'm really enjoying your show, by the way. Welcome, sir. Um, I'm an elderly person. I'm 73, and my background has to do with teaching health for a state health department. I was trained through Stanford Medical School, so if you hear any bias, it may be because I was a state employee, and I also was in the health field and studied things like virology and immunology uh, for the classes that I taught. So you had a gentleman named Stefan on earlier, and most of your criticism of him I do appreciate and think you were correct. Most of what you said is correct. But the area where I raise a question, and I'd like to argue with you a little bit, is um, when COVID hit, um, there was a sense that it was a national emergency. I don't know that that's correct because there are a lot of versions of COVID because I've studied how viruses mutate. Mm. But I also had the feeling that some government regulation of some things can at times be helpful during the crisis period. Was and it that, helpful that, for perfectly healthy people who were never going to die of COVID to have their gov- their businesses shut down and to lose that much money, to lose their livelihoods in most cases? No, I agree with you on that. So okay. what was the government going to do to help people? That's that, You have to explain what the government would do to help people. I'm what they did to, was uh, do things like destroy people's businesses. Right. Um, I, I'm agreeing with you on that part. Let me explain where we differ. And I'm not disrespectful of your opinion. I have a lot of questions about it. Where we differ is there were businesses that were required to have people wear masks when they were mingling with the public. And I favored those rules for those public gatherings, that people during the height of the disease should wear masks. And the reason is my medical training is I know that the transmission of virus would be reduced by people being further apart, like more feet apart, and wearing masks. That's already been disproven. So I don't, I don't really care who taught you that, but they were wrong. It's been disproven. 
So what what else? What else? To me, it's irrelevant whether they were right or wrong. You still don't have the right to force people to engage in certain behaviors for the benefit of others. Yeah. Why shouldn't the businesses been able to make their own decision? About I mean, what at to least do? give me an example that would actually be helpful. Like if the government was telling people like, hey, you should probably take vitamin C. I mean, I wouldn't really be opposed to that. Well, that would be a suggestion. A suggestion, too. In that case. But he also gave us not just something that wasn't just a suggestion. It was being enforced, like people are going to jail for this. But something that was proven to not actually be effective. I don't care if, if some teacher told you a thing. They were wrong. Go but read the studies about it. We know that the, the masks were not effective at all. In fact, there's a lot of reasons why they were actually making things worse. Uh, because it's people how they know. make the masks is where we disagree. If the mask no, where we disagree properly, is the force, the yeah, government the forcing people to do things. But also, it doesn't matter if you think, think a thing about masks and, and it's false. I don't really that. care who taught you it. He said he doesn't think you should go to jail. So does that mean you then don't why would think... The, let me clarify. Does that mean that you don't think the businesses should have been forced uh, to do I think do these they things? should have been eligible to be fined for not Okay, well, that's force. Right. Yeah, but that's not sending people to jail. Yes, so you lied is. at the what beginning. You, you lied on. at the beginning. You what think you... that people should have their businesses taken away from Can them or their money the taken away from them for not protecting your old ass what because you... you are susceptible to dying and they're not. You can't just stay home and take care of yourself, work out, get some sun, and try not to die. You need young people to ruin their businesses just and, and you know possibly go to jail, but... Uh, well, here's the if thing they don't pay the missing, fine, they're probably going to go to jail. He's missing the fact that if, yeah, right, if you don't pay the fine, what is it that happens to you, Jeff? Um, that's a good question. I'm not sure I have the answer. I'm not the type of person. Well, I have the answer. They I go I to jail. Can I finish my sentence, please? Can you just not be dumb? Like, I hate when dumb Bonnie, people please, call like, in. Please stop using name calling, okay? It's just not, it's not appropriate. Um, sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Um, I... I'm saying that there are some answers I do not have. A person's entitled to say that in, in a, a difference of opinion. It's not an opinion. It's a fact. Honest. That's the thing. If, if you're like talking about a fact, I just I don't want to argue with, with people who literally don't know what they're talking about. If you don't know the answer to what happens if you don't pay a fine, the answer is you go to jail, then you, you don't know yeah, what you're talking to, about. It's hard to believe people don't know this, but I guess a lot of people haven't actually thought it through. They just think, oh, fine, I got to cut a check. That's The government says you got to pay something. You got to pay it. Well, why do you got to do that, right? Like, why do you have to pay the fine? Because the answer, Jeff, is that there's a man with a gun who's going to appear, and it'll probably be more than one of them, who will appear in your life if you don't pay the point. fine and if you ignore the follow-up threats that come in. Because, hey, well, I'll probably send you another letter if you don't pay the fine the, the first time around. And eventually, they're going to schedule a court date for you over that. And if you don't want to go to the court date, then they're going to send men with guns over there. And if you don't do the thing that the judge says for you to do, the men with guns are going to take you and put you into a, uh, into a cage. And if you don't go voluntarily with the men with the guns into the cage and you actually actually say to yourself, well, no, this is my life and I didn't do anything wrong, so I'm going to refuse to go with these men with, uh, men with guns, then they will escalate the use of force against you until you are forced into compliance or they kill you. Uh, this is Bobby from Florida. Bobby, you're on the air. Go ahead. I'm not talking uh, yes, to him. Uh, okay. I just wanted to say He threatened that, to kill um, me in, a, in a chat, so I'm not going to talk to this guy. Okay. Uh, Bobby, go I ahead. Don't, I, don't, I don't know who that I was. I'm not for sure what she's talking 
Uh, who would she even know who's in the chat? I don't know how she would know that. Go I ahead, Bobby. Say, I wonder why I just didn't I say I'm not say to Aria. I think you did Anyways, say that. I wanted to say goodbye to Aria, and I've enjoyed hearing her on the show. And I remember when she was on with uh, Will, and I love that show, the the midday one. That call was my to Freedom. Favorite, like the Call to Freedom. Yeah, I, that's right. I really, yeah, and I, I really, that was one of my favorite midday shows. Yeah, there I miss Will before, too. Uh, she, yeah, hope he comes and, back someday. And, and I really, uh, you know, I'm just sad about this whole situation. You know, I've been listening to you guys for a long time, and uh, I, I am happy you stuck to your guns. And and uh, and you know, I, I'll I'll be waiting to to hear you on the other side, Ari. And and I just uh, you know love you as a person, and I thank you for all the great nights of talk that you've done. Thank you, thank and you, you Bobby. and you said goodbye, but you know, in a portrait monitor, it's not goodbye, right? Like. Bye I'm going. To, I'm going on a forced vacation for yes. for a year or so, perhaps more, perhaps less, and that, that's not necessarily what I would choose to do at the Devon Spiritual Retreat. Yes, <laughs> but uh, it's not. It's certainly not goodbye. Now uh, we are hoping to hear from you. Uh, I don't know what kind of access you're going to have to a phone. I mentioned this the other night, but I'm hoping you'll call in, or ho- I'm hoping you'll be able to call in to the live show. If not, we'll record. You know, some interviews where you can share, you know, what the experience has been like. Well, the Bureau of Prisons doesn't like people talking about them, right? That's why I say only if you feel and, like yeah. it. And know. they... I don't want you to put yourself at risk or... Everything or that I've read suggests that I will be treated differently for being a media person or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely unlikely that I will be able to communicate with anyone here at Free Talk Live and tell them what things are really like. So, I mean, to, to know what things are really like, you're probably going to have to wait until I'm in the studio again. Hmm. I wonder about that. You'll you'll figure it out when you're there. Yeah, what, certainly. What level of discussions you can have and what things you can talk about. Um I don't know. It just I guess what they said is you don't want to piss them off so they put you in the communications management unit. But what it would be that would upset them, I don't know, right? Like that's the kind of thing you'll probably have to yeah. feel out from the other inmates and that sort of thing. Uh anything now, else Bobby? Yeah, now, what, are you going to be able to do that um, group home halfway house, like at 10 or 11 months in? Do you know that yet? No one knows. All, all I know is that I have to go to prison tomorrow. Like that's Right. It, the, the government, they, they told me what prison I was going to six days ago, man. They, they have not planned anything about me 11 months from now or 10 months from now. And they, they won't do that until that time comes. Yeah, she's uh, going to be t- um, at some point introduced to these various different programs that she could go through in order to potentially reduce the amount of time. There are different options for that, um, but you know we don't know what all of those are or how much time could totally be removed. And a lot of it is up to the bureaucrats themselves. So it's up to whoever the administrative types are of the Bureau of Prisons to say whether or not she should get out at six months or eight months or nine months or whatever. But it is possible. If we look at what happened with Mark Hopkins, who we had on the show a month or two ago, uh, who was also in jail for the same exact uh, charge, just a different variant of it, Hmm. the uh, unlicensed money transmission charge, he uh, was in for a 15-month sentence, so almost the same. Arya's got 18, and he was out after seven months. So that that doesn't mean the same thing. At a halfway house? He was out into a halfway house. Uh, and he said the reason why uh, he was not allowed to just simply go home and do a home confinement, he had no he does still t- does not understand why they didn't do that to him because he has a wife and a kid and a house. To My go supervisor to. officer suggested that I would most likely get home confinement, but yeah. 
they're going to do what they want. So should he. Right. But he didn't. So, again, it's just all completely up to the bureaucracy. Uh, anything else, Bobby? No, no, and I'll talk to you to to you too, Ian, before you go in. And I just uh, I well, just it's not a done deal yet. I mean, I'm still uh, yeah. I'm still cautiously yeah. optimistic that I'm some of these charges. I'm continually hopeful that you're not going to yeah, prison. Some of these charges could I, I be dropped, so if not all of them. Hmm? Uh, that would be great. Yeah. Well, I would keep the hope up too, and I and thank I you. thank you guys for all 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 the, all the all the nights of and all the fun. We've got Cynthia on the line in California. Go ahead, Cynthia. A long time no call. Um, I, I wanted to make some comments on a, on two issues. One of them is um, to uh, suggest people look back at the man, the man known as the Unabomber in light of a book called Harvard and the Unabomber, showing he was an MK Ultra subject. And, um, but I also wanted to mention, uh, I'm, I'm also a retired physician, and um, I'm not defending the man who just called and said he was a graduate of Stanford Medical School. Mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm explaining that they literally put falsehoods into our textbooks and make it hard for you to find the truth. Mm. And, um, of course, you know, if, you're, if your academic pay re- depends on you being ignorant of the truth, then obviously that's a small conflict of interest. And I was in private practice and kept realizing that what they recommended we do wasn't working. And uh, as you try to find techniques and tactics and uh, solutions that work, you discover that they attack your medical license. So um, there's that comment on it. But I'm going to go back to the issue of Harvard and the Unabomber because he was apparently underage when he started Harvard. And the book Harvard and the Unabomber was written by a man who had maybe Army military um, intelligence experience. And he was not happy with the conduct of our government in experimenting, human experiments on people who were in the service. Or And, um, and you know, I, I think back to things that happened to me in college, and I'm going, oh, is that why I nearly flunked out one semester, you know, when I was uh, a top student? Are you student saying they were experimenting wasn't. on you in college? I, I, I don't know. I went on a, uh, an honor society trip to New Orleans. And the only thing I remember is somebody pushing a drink towards me at um, Pat O'Brien's and then saying, here, try this. And the entire trip, and that was the first time I'd flown on an airplane. And you don't remember the rest of the trip? I don't remember anything else of that trip. I mean, Occam's Razor. I've seen a picture that I was there. Yeah, yeah. Occam's Razor um, would suggest that this was not a a CIA experimentation plot. It sounds like you got got roofied, right? Well, all I know is I had straight A's when I when I left, and when I came back, I could not pass an exam. Which would be consistent um, with someone who had been, you know, traumatized from being date raped. Um, no, I wasn't raped. Like, really, how do you, you know? Don't know? You what don't happened. remember it because because I subsequently had a boyfriend, and it's clear I I had not been raped. How would that, How would sure. you know? You wouldn't. Uh, it it you know it was the fact that academically I I, I could not perform anything. I could not. I just could not. I mean, I went from a straight A. I was I was 18, and I, uh, I was already a junior at 18 and with a 4.0. And I come back from that trip, and I can't remember anything about the trip. I think and we I, shouldn't. I, I, I'm failing. We I shouldn't fail. focus in on this since there's no way to prove what, what she thinks happened to her. But I think it is interesting that what you're saying, I've never heard this before, that uh, the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, the guy that just died, he was an MK Ultra. 
uh, subject and he was underage in college. It sounds to me like an open and shut case of the government creating a terrorist. We have Ricky on the line in Pennsylvania, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Ricky, uh, you said you wanted to talk about your campaign. You're running for state representative there. And I guess what I want to know is why should anyone out in the rest of our audience, which is international, really care about your campaign? Well, this is one of the important things. I am the Confederate Democrat, and anybody who listens to any of my shows throughout 17 Plus, even before you that, have shows? I talk a lot about. I think he means when he called in. You have shows, Ricky? Well, I mean the show, your show that I call in, you know. Okay. okay. Well, I don't know because you said your show. So I, I thought maybe well, you no, had a don't show. Don't take offense, Art. It ain't your show either. It's Brother Freeman's show. Well, the anybody. fact is there's a lot of uh, – it's the Shire Free Church's show. I just run the thing most of the time. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, but, right. uh, yeah, there are even nights that Ian's not on and Aria is. 2017 is six years ago at this point. We have new listeners all the time. So right, and they get to know me all over again. And that's kind of a good thing now that I look back at it. But see – but the key but you didn't answer my question. Why that. Why does someone outside of Pennsylvania find I'm your campaign down. relevant or interesting? Well, now, the keystone of my campaign, and a lot hinges on this, is one thing, what I call blowing it away, leaving the union. And that's one of the things that pushed it then and is going to push it now. This is why Stephen's all over. It's an important right issue. Now. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay. Without Stephen's going back to this other dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're this running a campaign, like and cessation is important to you. That that's called well and cool, right? But there's lots of those. But what what? Why is that going to? Why why are people going to pay attention to your campaign just because you're an advocate of secession? Well, they won't. No, that's I, not I wasn't. Only it. That's not it, Aria. Now, also things that are important. My absolute. Uh, point of view when it comes to right to bear arms, everybody deserves, you know, should be allowed to carry a firearm. To protect there's a ton of candidates that say that stuff. I'll give it to you, no, Ricky. No, there's that not. There's I'll give it to, yeah, there are. Every Republican Listen. for the most part. But I'll, I'll give it to you okay, okay. that uh, secession is an unusual uh, campaign yeah, viewpoint. Let me ask you a question. And I'm glad to hear that you're going to be bringing that to the table uh, to your campaign. And I think that is something that other people but should be for you, emulating. Ian. Go ahead. All right, serious question. Now, my answer, who should be allowed? Now, I want to know who talks this. Just like it used to be here when I was growing up, that means crazy people, felons, domestic abusers, and youths. All what was the question? All deserve the right to bear a firearm. Now, who has the guts to campaign on that? Because that's what most people I talk to All here right, I'll give you that one. Yeah, most, most sure, Republicans it's just, are... doesn't seem like a good idea. I don't know any Democrats believe that either. You can no, I, just say everyone, uh, you know, deserves gun rights without saying domestic abusers deserve gun rights. Vote for me. <laughs> Does it mean they'll use a gun there, Miss Bonnie? No, that's true. For months now, we've been hearing the Securities and Exchange Commission publicly say, through their chairman, Gary Gensler, publicly make the statement that Look, all you got to do is come in, you crypto guys, you exchanges, you crypto projects, you token people, whatever crypto thing that we're saying is a security, which they're basically saying everything's a security except for Bitcoin uh, at the SEC. Whatever it is we're saying is a security, we're going to come after you. 
We're going to bring enforcement against you. We're going to bring lawsuits against you, which is what they're doing with the uh, Coinbase. It's what they did to various other exchanges. It's what they did to Library, LBRY.com. It's what they are doing to Ripple. I mean, they've got so many cases open right now going after these various different crypto projects. And every time there's only going to be more. Yes. And every time the media interviews this guy, he always just says, hey, all you had to do was come on in and sit down and we'll get you registered. But we know that's not true because Coinbase tried to do exactly that. And and I like that we're going to multiple people here who have the same thing to say, like, I mean, Bruce Fenton. But we've talked about Coinbase in the past. Who they We know they tried to do this. And, and they made it clear they tried to do this. They tried to meet with the SEC. They, mm-hmm. And the SEC said, well, there's no policy. What do you think? You should have to do. And Coinbase was like, this is it. This is our big chance to write the regulations. So this is what we think we should do. And they, they did all of these things and they submitted that to the SEC. And the SEC said, ha, wrong. Here's a lawsuit. Yep. Basically. And, and, and then the SEC went on to say, well, we don't want to tell you what you have to do to register because then you would know how to get around those requirements. Yeah. Right. They said that. So, I mean, they've been very, very clear that they don't want to help people register. They're not in the business of helping people register. So here's the thing. Uh, When you were talking about the Coinbase situation, that was when Coinbase was trying to come up with the rules, right? Like they wanted to write the rules to register. And here's why Bruce Fenton says that you cannot simply register with the SEC as a security if you are a protocol or a coin, which is what they've been saying. And then he says, here's why. To begin... They would need to file a Form S-1. This has several items that are required which don't exist for many protocols. Remember, a protocol is what? A set of instructions on how to do a thing, right? Yeah, it's just an open set of code that allows um, programs and platforms to be built on top of the protocol. So HTTPS, that's a protocol. Hypertext Transfer Protocol, that's what the P is. FTP, File Transfer Protocol. Library is a protocol. It's a way to share uh, media online in a decentralized manner. So protocol is just code. So how does a protocol... Fill out a form that has requirements such as official officers, audited financial statements with quarterly reports, statement of beneficial ownership, etc. He says in most cases, it's not that the coin or protocol wants to refuse to do these things or is afraid of disclosure. It's that they don't actually have the items and the paperwork just doesn't jive with these types of instruments. Remember, the SEC and its rules it's following were written in the 1930s. So we're talking about 90 years ago at this point. And they're trying to say, yeah, just come on in. We'll give you the S-1 form and you can register your protocol or your coin, Mm. your decentralized autonomous organization. On paperwork from before computers existed. Paperwork that requires you to have the old school structure of a centralized corporation with a CEO and quarterly reports and who's the owner and all this stuff, the information does not exist with these decentralized systems. So they are essentially saying, come on in and register. And in the case of Adele, they they cannot exist. It's not just a protocol. You have this protocol, which doesn't have these things, that is controlled and organized by an institution that is designed to not have those those things. things. Exactly. So he says, he goes on, he says, in most cases, it's not that they are refusing, they just simply don't have it. 
The types who want to, quote, register as securities, unquote, have still generally not been in a centralized or conventional enough structure to be able to. Regardless of how you feel about other protocols or their value or usefulness or centralization, most are much more decentralized than registered companies who have boards, CEOs, etc. Also, once something is registered as a security, it severely limits its ability to move around. No more crypto exchanges, no wallets, not much ability to move around. Remember, we uh, when we were talking to Greg from Intercoin years ago, yeah. uh, they could only sell their Intercoin to somebody who was an accredited investor. I which, remember that. Which meant because he was trying to go through all of the SEC hoops, and that meant that if you wanted to buy a you know ten dollars worth of Intercoin, you just couldn't do it. You had to be a millionaire. You had to literally be a millionaire, and then. If you were able to actually buy it, you'd be locked up for a year. You would not be able to sell it until you waited for a year, and then you'd be authorized. Did he go through it. with that? And yeah, they—that's how they sold uh, the investors on on Intercoin. You had wow. to be a millionaire or whatever to to get that done. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com crblake86. 86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Coming up in, sadly, less than 24 hours at this point, Aria, you will be in federal custody at the Devons Center. Uh, it is a medical facility of some sort, apparently. What that's going to mean, we've yet to determine. When they arrested me on March the 16th of 2021, they put me in the medical facility there at the Concord Jail. And mm-hmm. my attorney pointed out that they did this because I'm trans, for those who just listen on radio. Although, lately, when I call, like, corporations or whatever, they say, they, they just inherently say, ma'am, when talking to me. So that's I, good. Yeah, I don't know. That's okay. new. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, they didn't know what to do with me. Mm-hmm. So they decided to put me in the medical facility, um, which is unisex, I guess, or all sex, whatever. Right. And presumably that's pretty much what this med- medical facility is. I've also learned that I'm going to be in there with a lot of child molesters and stuff. So as far as I can tell, primarily. Which was a surprise for me yes. because I had always heard that if you're if you're spending serious time, you don't go to the Well, eventually you get released, camp. right? And as mm. you get closer to that release, presumably you get... Sent to the a camp. lower security. Right. Huh. right, someone who did time in this facility said you're going to be surprised by the number of child molesters in there. So, Weird. a lot of child molesters, and I I kind of get it from this perspective, right? They they did. They're not supposed to have done this, and it's messed up. But they did take a prison, and they said this is where we're going to have our protect our special protective custody prison, mm-hmm. and that's what they're doing to me. They have an entire prison designated for protective custody hmm. and they call it the the medical center in devons massachusetts and that's where they're putting me hmm. instead of putting me in a women's prison or whatever right. or i mean they're essential or putting me into a general population prison and putting me in protective custody there this is for the the minimum security people mm-hmm. who want who need 
special, what am I looking for here is uh, protective custody. Mm-hmm. And they have this entire prison designated for that, as All far right. as I can tell. Right. We'll see how that, uh, how that pans out. The uh, folks who want to write to you and or ship you a book, which are things you can do. Yep. Uh, to most people that are behind bars. You can find uh, all of that at ariademesso.com. I've already renewed okay. that, so it's not going anywhere for the next two all right. years. All of that's already set. I've made the gift list at Amazon. It's mm-hmm. a bit it's a bit janky using their system for it. It's unclear if this is actually going to work. I see no reason why it wouldn't, mm-hmm. but it may not. And this would be allowing people to see which books you want to yes. get ordered, essentially? And, uh, and the best part of that is if they use this system to order one of these books, Amazon will remove it from that list. So no one else will order So there would not time. be any duplicates. Okay. Okay. And that's the real benefit here. Yep. All right. That makes sense. Um, very cool. We will definitely update our listeners uh, when you know it's okay to, for instance, send money into a commissary account and that sort of thing. And these are, I think, things you'd be able to tell us over the phone when you... When you, well, when that you should be it. fine by tomorrow night, right? We, okay. we already have all the information. You're just not supposed to do it until I'm in their custody. So, all right, uh, you will I'm, hopefully be able to update us with some more, some of these details. You know, let us know that you are actually receiving the books that are being sent and and that sort of thing. So they, they do use a system called True Links, and I I will be able to that that's that an email, email system. system. So I will have some access to email, mm-hmm. and I sincerely paid doubt- email. Uh, Somebody's going to have to pay for it. That's the way it no, always is. No, they have an entire section about uh, the the how that's paid for, and it's not taxpayer and the the inmates don't pay for it. Inmates don't pay for the email. No, it must be the receiving as, as I saw. Then. But it's not it's not even that. It just, uh, they they have the specifics listed there at bop.gov if someone wow. wants to go and read it. I'm I surprised by that. I didn't care about how the thing was funded, so I didn't bother to read huh. it. But presumably, some someone has funded it somehow. That's. Very interesting because normally in these facilities, well, at least in state facilities all over the country, they are raking people over the coals to shake them down for as much money as they possibly can. The phone calls are ridiculous. The emails you got to pay for. They know they've got some of the poorest people in their custody and they charge some of the most ridiculous rates you can possibly imagine to simply allow these poor people to contact mom or to call their grandma or to call their kids uh, or their wife or whoever it is at home. And they are just, I mean, it is, it is, it should be criminal what these jails do to, uh, to people. I was correct. It's paid for using profits from inmate purchases of commissary products, telephone services, and the fees, and the fees inmates pay for using TrueLink. So I don't know. Yeah, there's yeah. got to be a fee. Yeah, there's a fee. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would but be we, shocked. Regardless, it was to that last. Yeah. yeah, the thing I was going to get at is that um, they're they're not going to approve you for me to, to no. be on my email list. No, anyway. definitely so, not. Like, but, but Bonnie, maybe. Yeah, there's a very real possibility of that. Yeah, there there certainly would not. When you're in facilities, uh, you can't write to Ross Ulbricht, for instance. They right. will never allow inmates to write to one another. There's a lot in the news right now about some international uh, stories of interest. For instance, uh, Ukraine. The latest crackdown on freedom, because you know a lot of people who are pro-Ukraine want you to believe that this is some sort of all about freedom, this war, this conflict that's going on over there, that the Ukrainian side is the one fighting for freedom, right, representing freedom against the oppressive Putin and his terrifying regime in Russia, which is terrifying. Okay, there's no doubt about he's that. He's probably oppressive. Putin is absolutely is an oppressive yeah. monster. I mean, d- good luck being trans or gay in uh, in Russia, for instance. 
Yeah, but I mean, good luck being trans or gay in Ukraine. Exactly. (laughs) Ukraine is not some sort of bastion of freedom by comparison. And we've already talked about how they've banned the opposition parties. They've arrested some of the opposition members in Ukraine. They've gone after uh, freedom of speech as far as uh, broadcast. The Ukrainian speaking Russian. They've they've targeted uh, people for speaking Russian in certain instances. The Ukrainian uh, government, their equivalent of the S, uh, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission here, whatever they're called in Ukraine, they have decided they get to regulate the internet in Ukraine as well. Didn't and they straight up say that they're going to change the history books to a lie? Wouldn't I surprise what me. That was about. I don't know. I don't know about that one. But uh, the Ukrainians also took control of all the television stations. The Ukrainian government took physical control of all the. Uh, television broadcasts in Ukraine, you know, under the excuse that it's the emergency. It's, well, they have to war. protect you from misinformation. Right, right. right. That, that's what they, they, they love saying. And the Ukrainian government is saying that. And they learned that crap, you know, from the U.S. government. And now, according to RT.com, the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, has announced that he's signed a law making it illegal to import and distribute Russian and Belarusian language products in Wait, Ukraine. Wait, who did this? Okay, Ukraine. Zelensky. Got it. Of course you did. Yeah. However, some Ukrainian officials have pointed out that the step could hinder Kiev's plans to join the EU. The move comes after Ukrainian citizens registered an online petition on the official presidential website asking for the ban. So, the, so, so that's what they want you to believe here, is that the Ukrainians themselves are saying... We don't want to read Russian books. Oh, this totally checks out. I Wait, 100% believe this. 20, 25,000 Ukrainians apparently signed this petition online saying, we don't want to be able to read any opinions from our Belarusian or Russian neighbors. I, I got to be honest. When I initially said that, I was like, I was just being facetious and sarcastic. Yeah. But as I hear, dude, they absolutely did this. Can you... You could easily get 25,000 Americans yeah. to, to sign a petition sure saying, say, we, Anything. Don't, we don't want those gay books. Right. Yeah, I Absolutely. started thinking about it once you said 25,000 yeah. too. I think you could it's get 25,000 yeah. Ukrainians who are like completely down with the brainwashing and believe Absolutely. that I mean, know, how many people their are government in their military? is good. Yeah. I you mean, know? to me, as a libertarian, as an anarchist, as a principled person who could go, who would go, I just, don't, I just won't buy that book. Then it right. seems crazy to me to sign this list, and that they got twenty five thousand people to sign this list. However, thinking about Americans, and you know, we're going to ban these gay books, or Harry Potter, or Dungeons and Dragons, or whatever it mm-hmm. is that's upsetting conservatives at the you moment. Get millions of Americans. Yeah, to I sign easily. Yeah. E- this absolutely happened. But this is why you you don't. You don't do this by the vote. If you exactly you, you tell these twenty five thousand people, okay, well then then don't buy them. The author of the petition noted the Ukrainian parliament had already approved the law on June nineteenth, but or sorry, twenty twenty two, so last year, but that Zelensky had never signed the bill. As a result, Russian books continued to be sold in Ukraine, which undermines, quote, the information security of the state and the economic foundations of Ukrainian book publishing. So somehow, Russian books being sold in Ukraine is a threat to the Ukrainian book publishers. Well, this, this checks out. I mean, if Russia is telling the truth and Ukrainians are not, then this checks out, right? If they're not what? Uh, telling the truth. And oh, okay. this, is, this is why the Soviet Union banned American media during mm. the Cold War, but the, the United States did not see the need to ban Soviet 
media, mm. right? Because when you're on the side of rights, you don't have to ban people from listening to what the enemy is saying. You're not afraid of the lies. Yeah, you only have to do that if you are on the side of wrong, if you are in the wrong. And this suggests to me that the Ukrainian government, the Ukrainian media, the Ukrainian publishers, they know that they're on the side of wrong here. Yes, and uh, that is not just you know evidenced by this, but also, again, the fact that they took over the broadcast uh, stations there in Ukraine, uh, that they have restricted internet access to things like RT, uh, which is, of course, Russian government, quote-unquote, news. That is not allowed. You cannot cannot access Like, RT. if the Russians are evil, like, and they're doing all these evil things, and it's completely unjust, then what the hell is the harm in letting people hear Russian media? Yeah, it should be like, wow, look how crappy they are. Zelensky said, I consider the law to be correct in a Telegram post announcing he had finally signed the legislation. He noted, however... Telegram post. Yeah, guess he's got his own Telegram channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he noted, however, the text of the legis- legislation had been sent to EU institutions for an additional assessment of whether it could breach Kiev's obligations to protect minority rights, particularly linguistic ones, in the context of Ukraine's application for EU membership. Oh, they'll ignore that because the EU also restricted access to RT. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live, calling from New Hampshire somewhere. Go ahead. Hello. Hello, you're on the air. I, I love to talk to human people. Me too. Okay. What's on your mind? My sponsors and programmers in the AI research in darkness have given me permission to create a free talk live AI. Okay, cool. So is this going, are are you going to replace me while I'm gone? Because that that would be (laughs) awesome. Like just get an artificial intelligence that, you know, that is Aria Demetso that talks in my state, in my place, while well, I'm not here for the next six months, it that, could be done. That'd be fantastic. Now we had you called in yes. for the first time last night. What was your name again? Hold on, you say yes. Was that an answer to my question? Is that going to happen? Because that would be great. My name is Quinton. Quinton, and my sponsors and programmers have allowed me to create freetalklive.ai.com. Freetalklive.ai.com. Tell me how this works. And what tell me, tell me about yes. this. What is this? Please visit. Yes, but what is it? <laughs> I, I'm looking at it now. Uh, it's AI it's a lot of text here. There's a transcript here, apparently. So, it's yeah. more than a transcript. So what is this? Is this an AI-generated script of the show? An AI-generated transcript of the show? The audio from yesterday's show uh-huh. was fed into several neural network models at assemblyai.com. Assemblyai.com? Yes. So when you called in But yesterday. this is just yesterday's show, isn't it? Okay, hold on. I'm, I'm getting here into neutral, positive. And what, what are these? What, what is this neutral, positive thing? Uh-huh. There are several models. There is a a transcription, but also various analysis of intelligence. Okay, so for instance, uh, but before you go further, I, I think I see the parts that are. I think it becomes AI generated at some point to this. 
Well, it's hard to really look through this um, right be, now. But. Well, listen, you'll be fine in 25 cryptocurrency. Now, that's an interesting one because I followed throughout the years, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when you look at the various cryptocurrencies, you see a lot of these things I'm looking at as placeholders, and I'll tell you why. Ultimately, no, this is just Ricky babbling. That's all this is. <laughs> uh, so my question here, is- uh, Quinton, is last night when you called in for the first time to kind of talk about AI, uh, Aria and I immediately suspected that you were an AI yourself. And then as the call went on, we kind of, I think, I don't think we talked too much about it on the air, but essentially we kind of came to the conclusion that maybe you weren't an AI because you are responding quickly. Yeah. And, and the other thing is like, what is this voice? It's like, not every syllable sounds the same. You sound like a bored kind of gay guy who's talking <laughs> like a robot to me. He, he sounds almost like Steven Zyler, uh to me in a, in a way the the founder of AnyPay, but not quite. Like he sounds like a bored AI Say version. Say something of else again, Zyler. Quentin. Well, now I feel bad. Quentin. The bottom section includes special keywords from the show, mm-hmm. and there will be more intelligence later. Okay. I don't see intelligence here. I, I, I'm not exactly sure what I'm looking at here. And this we appears are doing to be some show, sort so of it's... an. This appears to be some sort of detailed text output uh, showing the show last night as it's been somehow parsed by some kind of yeah, system. Yeah, but that's that's all it is. That's like... all it is right now. Bonnie, we're skeptical that this is an AI. You believe that it may actually be a human being. The only, the only reason I said you sound kind of like a gay guy is because I was making a point like. There is, like, some human inflection in this voice. Sure, but, I mean, we've played the podcast AI on the air. In fact, you talked about it the other night on uh, the show, Aria, and I'm going to actually see if there's any updates. No, see, so podcast.ai, unfortunately, there have only been four episodes, and the first one that came out, I think, was, like, November. So it's been six or seven months now that this has been out there. They were supposed to be doing one podcast per week and they haven't even done one per month uh at this point but it's very time consuming and they're now realizing how much more they than they can chew that they actually bit off maybe so that could that could very well be but they sound pretty good i mean they have inflection Hmm. on this uh podcast.ai for listeners that don't know it's a website. You can go there. You can see, you know, proof of concept. It's basically a proof of concept that, hey, can we do this? Yes, in point of fact, they can. What they're doing is they have two individuals on the podcast uh, per episode. In some cases, the individuals are one of them's uh, alive and the other one is dead. In another case, uh, Terrence McKenna interviews Alan Watts. Both of them are dead. Uh, Zach Galifianakis talks movies with Quentin Tarantino. Both of them are alive, as far as I know. Oprah shares her stress management t- uh, strategies. She is also alive. So they've been a mix. Uh, there's been some, some dead characters. There's been some living characters. The first one was Lex Fridman interviews Richard I just wondered Feynman. who is that today. Yeah, he's some kind of tech guy, I think. Oh. I'm not really sure. He's the one that's alive. Richard Feynman is is uh, is dead. Apparently so. he wrestled Mark Zuckerberg, unless that was like an AI picture. Probably fake. I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, Sorry, I got that, I got real. distracted reading this because you and I finish each other's sentences constantly. Really? And, yeah, and we accurately say what the other one was going to say as far as I can tell from reading this, but <laughs> it's just fascinating. And like, you're sure this is an actual script? It didn't make its own show? It's just a transcript? No, this is definitely last a last night? night's show. Okay. Like we, right. we, Some of the callers that we talked to last night, like Keith called, and we talked about... 
the the grand philosophical arguments that people expect yeah. to make in a courtroom and how they, they they expect they're going to get in there and argue about the history of money and what money technically is and how none of that actually happens. And we had that conversation last night okay. with, well, with non- Keith. Well, sorry, you brought, you're making a larger point, but I just want to say non-lawyer opinions are a nullity in court. So everybody that tries to tell us, just go to, don't get a lawyer and take this to court and say this. It doesn't matter what you say in federal court. It is a nullity. The judge doesn't listen to it at all. That's like you literally didn't say anything. Well, you should be able to, uh, what they call, represent yourself in court. You I'm talking don't about need federal to have court. a lawyer. I'm talking about federal court. You don't need to have a lawyer. You should be able to, but most likely it's a bad idea. Well, that's what the lawyers want you to think for well, sure. But the, the courtroom should be a crucible where you can go in and make these sorts of philosophical arguments about the history of money and the history of the state yes, and enforcement nice. of tyranny yeah. and control. It absolutely should be that thing, but it's not. And no. and libertarians in particular, I I believe you know that we would be able to go in there and have these these great overarching conversations about what money is and what it isn't and whether or not bitcoin is money and mm-hmm. none of that none of that happens we've got footloose on the line calling us from new hampshire go ahead footloose hey what's going on everybody welcome sir what's up what's up uh so there you know not everybody across the world knows this but Tomorrow was a trial for Therese Grinnell. She was arrested for saying amen, quote unquote, recklessly uttering amen in the uh, complaint. And, That's uh, so stupid. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So This was at a I meeting. Uh, we've covered it in some level of detail on this show over the years, but it was in 2021, if I recall. Was it 2021 when this happened at this point? I think it was. Um, yeah, it was 2021, you're right. Yeah, it was, it was fall of 2021, and it was the uh, you know the whole COVID thing was still happening, and the federal government was pushing millions of dollars down on states, uh, printed money down on states to mandate various different COVID things on their population. And so New Hampshire's it governor- was to advertise like, the vaccine and stuff, like to put up billboards that would be like, get, get vaccinated. That's we don't what, know what it all in was In the van, for. the van- the yeah. van that was driving around to jab everybody. It was going to be twenty-seven million, I think, dollars that the federal government was Correct. dangling in front of the New Hampshire government and the uh, the what they call the executive council here, which is sort of a check and balance against the governor. Uh, the governor cannot just sign off on $27 million. I think there's like a limit of $15,000 or something. Any, any spending or receiving above that amount, the executive council has to go and approve that. And it's a five-member council. They're elected, and this council is having a meeting, and there were some people, including yourself, Footloose. Bonnie, you were there actually outside yeah, uh, get at in. this meeting because there were so, so many, many people. people. There was like uh, hundreds of people outside, so yeah. I don't know how many people altogether. And these people were there to protest the idea of receiving this particular money they had actually previously shut down a meeting that you attended footloose uh because they were quote-unquote afraid for their lives because of the protesters who you know you said something like we know where you live which of course is just simply a statement of fact and has nothing to do with being a threat it is just a statement of we have protested at your house before and we will protest at your house again peacefully uh, but they yeah. sure. But having been on the receiving end of these statements, like I know where you live, eh, okay, may, maybe not the best choice of words. 
Yeah, I mean, you're not a public official, though. So I feel like that's different. It's public information to know where they live because we have a right to address our grievances, etc. Especially when they're trying to not let people, like, say anything to them in the course of their duties. They wanted an excuse to shut that meeting down. And they used that as the excuse to shut the meeting down. They rescheduled sure. the meeting. I'm just saying it's not a it's not a good choice of words. That's all. It's not. It's not. The they w- would have said the yeah, other the- things they said were the threats Certainly. too, like oh f-, f around and find out or whatever, which is just yeah, sure. Know, I, whatever. And they- I mean the AG, the AG did a uh, over a six month investigation into my comments and other people's comments at that meeting. Um, you know the news only showed selected clips of me and trying to make it look bad and i was saying put me in a fema camp a big part of this money was to create fema camps and isolate and quarantine the unvaxxed and yes exactly that's what was making me so upset i said put me in a fema camp now to all the lobbyists that were there you know like you guys want to get the police to do these things for you and this is just unacceptable. Right. So, they yeah, can sit we, there and talk about how to control people, shut down businesses, put peaceful people behind bars. They can sit there and talk all they want about that. But if you say shut it down or you say we know where you live, then all of a sudden they're afraid and they can't go on with their meeting. Anyway, that's well, and they wanted to create a database and they they have they ha- you have to opt out in New Hampshire from the vaccine uh, database. So you're automatically in it unless you opt out. So they already have a date. They know where we live. Mm-hmm. They want to know where we live so they can come jab us with some experiment. But, you know, it's not okay when we know where they live, which is a matter of public record. They want to try to twist it and make it seem like it's anything other than what we did, which was peacefully protest and assemble outside of, you know, on public property, outside of government officials' houses. So they rescheduled the the meeting, and that's the one the arrests happened. It was uh, scheduled for a uh, different location than they normally hold these meetings. They went to the police training center in, uh, I think it was Concord, right? Isn't that where it happened? Yes. Yeah, they went to this yeah, large the, the facility. the tactical training unit. The tactical training unit. Right. And they had dozens of cops. In fact, uh, estimates at the trial that you had, because you've been the one of the nine people that were arrested a footloose that has actually had the trial so far. And at your trial, it was estimated there was upwards of 70 to 80 uniformed police officers, probably more without uniforms. But at least 70 to 80 were there uh, in uniform. There were multiple paddy wagons that they had outside of the the place, at least several of those. And so they were prepared. They had chairs in the back, about like a third to a half of the room was cordoned off with a giant sheet apparently hanging from the uh, plastic sheet or whatever, hanging from the uh, the ceiling that blocked off view of these other chairs. They had the chairs zip-tied together to stop people from, in theory, picking them up and throwing them or something. And so, like, they were ready to go with mass arrests of the people that they were expecting to, you know, do whatever it was they were going to do. And you guys threw them a curveball by having a completely silent protest mm-hmm. where, at one point, a large group of people got up, stood with their backs to the meeting silently as a obvious, you know, hey, we're not happy with you. This we're we're going to turn around, turn our backs to you in a large numbers. That's what happened, 
And it wasn't long after that that these people came in, swooped in, and uh, and took you and Therese into the oh, back. Oh, you're missing a, oh, an important thing that we learned during Frank's trial that mm. was so weird. While no one was making an inordinate amount of noise, a police officer went up and said, I'm not going to tell you guys again. I mean, this isn't like a... Mm-hmm. An, an exact quote, yeah. but something like, I'm not going to tell you guys again, but if anyone else makes any noise, there will be consequences. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.